0: you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes no no one does if you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the irs i've got some free advice for you this service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the irs ten thousand dollars or more in back taxes and if you qualify we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the irs or our services cost you nothing
1: That's eight hundred three nine one eighty seven thirteen.
2: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: Thank you so much for joining us on another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. That's me, you're you. We're talking sports here at Sports Byline. This is what we do. This is what we have been doing since the 80s. Yeah, the first nationally syndicated sports talk network still here. And uh, you're here. So feel free to be a part of the show if you'd like to uh, chime in. 1-800-878-PLAY is number to call. 1-800-878-7529. We do have uh, a couple of open segments. We also have some guests. Bruce Marshall is going to talk a little hockey on the other side. We have author Damon West. Also, comedian Michael Ian Black. He's always good for a little sassy face. Uh, Michael Riley. We'll talk about Nike's Prefontaine Classic up there in Eugene, you know, Oregon. Uh, Carlos Mencia, stand-up comedian. He's at the San Jose Improv. The Improv, it's like salon. You don't want to say salon, it's salon. Uh, We'll talk uh, to uh, Carmine Marino about the ponies. And we'll also have comedian-director Emery Emery. Yeah, that's his name. Talk about his documentary, which is entitled, yes, Science Friction. And uh, we'll pack it into three hours. We're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app, Twitch.tv. There I am. Hey, how you doing? Turning into Joey from Friends. Hey, how you doing? And yeah, yeah. we got a little focus? There a little focus there. My hoodie, my Wyoming hoodie and reading glasses looking resplendent. Uh, also, uh, American Forces Radio Network, 500 outlets, 177 countries. Where are you at? Where are you is? Great to have you with us. If you're in our military, you're doing a great job. I hope you stay safe. And come home very, very soon. Also, we are on CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, and your cable provider. I'll provide you with some cable. So get on in and get heard. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle, and come on back.
4: In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation.
1: Call 800-732-9635, 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635.
5: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror?
3: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Great to uh, talk to Bruce Marshall of the uh, Gold Sheet, and um, that's down there in Vegas. And uh, what they do at the Gold Sheet is uh, they give you all your prognostication in the world of sports, tell you who's going to win, who's going to lose, and such things. And when we get Bruce on, we like to talk to him each week about the National Hockey league and League. Uh, Bruce, welcome back to the show. And um, yesterday, up here at the uh, Shark Tank, Patrick Marlowe officially retired and um, a guy, you know, second overall pick after Joe Thornton, funnily enough. And Dean Lombardi, who was GM then, who didn't do a lot of good with the Sharks, uh, outside of maybe that, he did with the Kings, but he said, I will not be known as the man who passed on Patrick Marlowe." And it was a good thing he said that because Patrick Marlowe ended up being uh, the person who played the most games in the history of the NHL, but never did get that Stanley Cup. What do you think of Patty Marlowe?
7: Oh, you know he's uh, he's going to be in Toronto as a Hall of Famer for sure. Um, I can't, you know, you know, almost remember, you know, this, you know, the Sharks ever ever without him. I remember the Sharks. They started at the Calipat, so he wasn't there then. But seven, well, we got almost eighteen hundred games, um, almost twelve hundred points, um, and uh, about what one hundred and twenty, almost one hundred and thirty points in the postseason. I mean, he was such a fixture there for such a long time. And I guess you know, you, you when you talk about guys like Marlow, you, you you put him into a category of Great players who never won a championship, and I, I'm not holding that against him. It's just
8: mm-hmm. he
7: gets so, he he's near the top of that list, and there's a lot of great players that never did in varieties of sports. Um, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer, and uh, um, whenever you're breaking records that you know were once held by Gordy Howe, I mean, this is that games record. I mean that that's that's something. So uh, you know he's uh, you know sort of I and mean, Cal, oh, Cal Ripken did win a World Series, I guess, in '83. So um, he did win one. But I mean, that the, the Marks Marlowe had in hockey, or, you know, in sort of in that Ripken sort of neighborhood, it was something special.
3: The uh, Islanders fired Barry Trotz. I would love the Sharks to pick him up. It, it's hard to believe Barry Trotz is three years older than me. I thought he was about 50 years older than me. But anyway, the guy. What he did with the Isles when they were, you know, shedding some very good players, and um, I know they weren't fantastic this year, but a couple of, you know, uh, semifinals. Why? Why do you think they moved on from Trots?
7: Well, it's even more shocking. He's four years younger than me,
3: so
7: that's (laughs) that's really shocking. Here's my thought Uh, on the surface: this does not make sense uh... Especially considering what the Islanders had to go through this year, they had to play their first 13 games on the road because they weren't going to be finished with that UBS Arena at Belmont Park until well deep into November. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a handicap one, two. Uh, they began to get hit with injuries, and they had as many problems with COVID as any team in the league. In fact, so many that they had uh, uh, extra amounts of games postponed, and app once you get to January, I mean suddenly they they've got like seven to nine, ten games in hand, uh, and they were way behind because of that in the playoff chase, coupled with the injuries and and all the, the COVID disruptions and that. So while it looked like okay, they got all these games in hand, they can catch up maybe, but it, it created a really jammed schedule the last couple months of the season for the Islanders. So nothing worked for them this season like that. I, my gut feel, of course, you know, listen, he was coach of the year his first year, got there in the playoffs, won a first-round game. They won playoff series each of the first three years he was there. They got to the East Finals the last two years, including in the bubble. They pushed a, They pushed the Lightning to, what, seven games last year in the East Finals. Uh, I think this is Lou Lamorello. Some, I mean, the new is, this might have come from above. They thought the trot style wasn't flashy enough and they've got the new arena, they're, you know, they're fighting for the New York dollars, so they want, they want flash. I think Lamorella might have been forced into doing this from above. That's my gut feel. Uh, where's Trot's going to land? Somewhere, uh, for sure. Everybody, He's well-liked around the league. I can't believe there's any problems with him. He is well-respected. It could be the Sharks. They're talking about it in Philadelphia. They're really talking about him up in Winnipeg, because he is a Manitoba native, so the Jets would like to bring him home. Detroit has an opening now with Jeff Blashell out of there. There's talk about Chicago. So there's five right off the bat that I could see him landing at. Um, the only question is: is Trotz going to wait and do uh, Bruce Boudreau and wait till the best opening comes up next year? There's some people in Nashville who were secretly hoping he comes back there. I'm not sure they can move John Hines out yet, but if they started slow next year, who knows? They'd love a reunion back in Nashville with him. But I think that's the only question. He will be coaching in the league next year, next season somewhere. It's just if he wants to jump in now or wait until some opening happens after the start of the season. He'll be back. I guarantee you
3: that. The uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, won the uh, lottery, and everybody is It's one of those drafts where there's a consensus number one, to, and the Habs will take Shane Wright, the center from the Kingston Frontenacs. Um what Have you done any diligence on uh, Shane Wright? Because the guy, I think it was 60 games, he had like 95 points.
7: Only that he's appearing just from what you've said, and I just read briefly about him, that he is a, the consensus one pick, mm-hmm. and he could be a difference maker for them uh, pretty quickly. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, in a, in a dismal season for Montreal, they finally win something here, so... I could see him being a staple up there for a long time. The Devils get the second pick. They'll get somebody good. But it looked like Wright was going to be the guy everybody wanted. So they finally have something to cheer in Montreal after it was a very difficult season for the uh, Canadians.
3: Last question for you, and it's a, a two-parter there in the East. And um, I'm, I'm fascinated with the Leafs, if they can get a series victory. And, of course, they have a tough matchup, but they're fighting hard. It looked like Boston might have been dead, and they're coming back. So what do you think about the Leafs and uh, maybe the Bruins over the Canes?
7: Well, overarching in the East, I mean, there's still a chance that all the lower seeds can advance, although Boston and Tampa Bay now have to rally from 3-2 deficits. But Washington's putting up a mighty fight against Florida, and uh, the Penguins have the Rangers on the ropes at 3-1. So there's still a chance you can get all the lower seeds can all win. That hasn't happened in the NHL since what? In the West, I think it was 06 it happened. Stuff like that happens in the NHL. It doesn't happen in the NBA, but it does in the NHL. The Leafs, enormous last night. Because you could see, I mean, I was watching, we were flying back last night from Florida, and actually, actually I was watching in Cincinnati Airport, actually watching the first period of that game last night, and I thought, here it goes again for Toronto, that the collar's getting tight. But they did find a way back. And this is something past Toronto teams haven't done. Now can they actually get over the hump and win a... a, a, a Winner, you know, a chance to advance game, which they haven't done since since 2004. We will see, but I'm like you. I beware of this team if they actually win a playoff series and they can get that monkey off their back. Toronto, uh, Tampa is not going to go easily. Uh, they this has been a back and forth series, so we'll see what goes there. The other one, Boston. It has been a complete home team series. I mean, like the home team has ruled the visiting team five games, and now it's. Uh, so the home team's holding serve. so let's see if Boston can do it again. It looked like they got back in the series. They switched goalies to Swayman. Uh, he was a little bit better than Omark. The offense didn't do anything last night, though. But they played well at home, so I, I think we might in a few days be looking at a game seven there, but that series has been all home-oriented. And in that one, thus far, that, I guess it means advantage to uh, Carolina uh, because they uh, even if they lose game six, they get seven at home, and that's been the big thing in that series.
3: Yeah, and you know, and I look around and I see, you know, the game two and three of Edmonton and L.A. and it was fourteen goals to two, and then they come back and they lose two more. So it's 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 wacky. All right, the gold sheet. What's going on up there, Bruce?
7: Yeah, all the games. Uh, we talked about these NHL games. We got more of them tonight, and we got NBA games, and we've got MLB. We're having a real good run in MLB. Uh, kind of a daytime card today, but uh, all the picks there and all those games, goldsheet.com, my picks are there. They're also up at Davis Insider and donbest.com.
3: There he is, Bruce Marshall, the goldsheet, goldsheet.com. Great stuff, Bruce. Thanks for your uh, insights.
7: Okay, thank you, Rick.
3: All right, we'll do it again soon. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back on the Byline.
8: i <laughs>
1: Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
5: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest.
1: pricing information 800-915-9654 915 9654 915 9654
9: that's 800-915-9654 you can't be serious man you cannot be serious
10: Tittle is a majestic stallion.
3: All right. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the uh, show. Rick Tittle with you. And um, we're waiting on our guest. And uh, when we get him, we will throw him. As I always say, I like to literally pick him up and throw him on the air. Uh, if you've been looking at baseball lately, the four best teams are in New York and L.A. right now. And... If you look at what the Angels did last night, they had a no-hitter. And rookie lefty Reed Detmers in his 11th big league start no-hit Tampa Bay. What is it about Tampa Bay? Think about Dallas Braden the perfect game, like Gabe Kapler always making the last out. Even though Tampa Bay's a good team, this seems to happen to them, but not only no-hit but 12 to nothing. And Detmers walked one, Struck out two, and they let him go 108 pitches. And that's the thing I appreciate about Madden. Because how many pitchers, oh, he's through seven and two-thirds, and he's hit 85 pitches. So, um, you know, what are we going to do now with this guy, right? It's, I don't know, it's kind of weird uh, to say the least. Uh, And we're moving our guest here to 10, 12 a.m., so lines are available in this segment. But because he struck out only two batters, that means his defense had to pick him up. And 11 ground balls, 14 in the air. Um, If you're into exit velocity, and I'm not, it was under 88 miles per hour, which is uh, very light. And uh, he was dominant. He's a 22-year-old kid. Big guy. The number 10 overall pick in the 2020 draft, once again, <laughs> the number 10 pick, we haven't had the June draft, so that's less than two years ago. And he got his feet wet a little bit at the end of the season. <clears throat> but so far on the year in, um, what was it, seven starts? He was 1-1 one one with a 5-3-2. He had never thrown more than six innings in any of his professional starts, majors or minors. So if uh, you look back at uh, the prospect list coming into the season, and I looked at R.J. Anderson's list, he was 25th in all of baseball. And here's what R.J. Anderson said about him at the beginning of the season. Quote, the book on Detmer's coming out of Louisville – was that he was a polished strike thrower who would move through the minors quickly. Sure enough, Detmer reached the majors after twelve professional appearances. He ended up making five big league starts, during which he amassed a seven four oh ERA and a one seven three strikeout to walk ratio. Those numbers belie that he's still a legitimate mid rotation prospect who throws a low nineties fastball with a big time curveball and a slider that fared well in the show. Detmers should get a longer look in the majors of 2022, and those numbers should improve as the sample size increases. End quote. Yes. Well, this no hitter is only the third complete game of the entire baseball season. <clears throat> and it's also only the second shout, uh, shutout. Shout out to the shutout. It's only the second shutout of the whole season. Now, complete games have been going out of style for years. (laughs) And I had Mark Mulder on my show, I don't know, about a month ago. And uh, you were not taking the ball away from Mark Mulder unless it was some day where he was getting shelled. He was going to pitch 27 outs. But with the short spring training this year, teams have been so careful on these pitch counts. And Detmer's 108 pitches are the fifth most in all of the bigs this year. But you think about last year, the Padres finally getting their first no-hitter with uh, Musgrove. The Angels now have 12 no-hitters. Now, one of them was three years ago, Taylor Cole and Felix Pena combined. I'm not a combined no-hitter guy. Now, what does that mean? Well, I recognize that no-hits happened. And you could say, that's amazing, they didn't get a hit. But I just, I can't call it a no-hitter if it's more than one guy. That's just me. By the way, that was the first game following the death of Tyler Skaggs. The entire Angels team won our number 45 in his honor that night. And that was that horrible fentanyl overdose. But anyway, that's bad. But, <clears throat> as I said, the Rays, the sixth time now, they've been no-hit. And Felix Hernandez pitched a perfect game against him. Dallas Braden <laughs> against him. But Detmers was staked to an 8 nothing lead. Home runs from Mike Trout, Chad Wallach. Trout hit another home run later in the game. Anthony Rendon, he's healthy now. He hit a home run. And typically a righty, Rendon actually hit that as a left-handed player. And then Brett Phillips hit a two-run home run. So, um, and as I say, this is the second no-hitter, but that's because the Mets no-hit the Phillies on April 29th with five guys. I like their hamburgers. By the way, last night, Justin Verlander took a no-hitter into the eighth. Justin Verlander. Jared Weaver tweeted out, welcome to the club at R. Detmers. a night you'll never forget. Cheers. Look, what is the one thing that has held Mike Trout back in his career besides injuries is that his team can't pitch and they just keep getting more and more offense, 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 and as I said, it was, I, it's just a fact. A couple of years ago, their opening day pitcher was Trevor Cahill. It's ridiculous. And they've tried to throw money at people, <clears throat> they have tried before. And I, you know, it's also, I was thinking about Max Stasi, who is going to be out like another week with uh, COVID. Max Stasi was, I believe, a third-round pick of the A's. His father and grandfather both played in the bigs. He's from Yuba City here in Northern California. He said, don't draft me. I'm going to UCLA. They drafted him, and then they ended up trading him to the Astros. <laughs> but he's now their catcher, and who's the backup? Kurt Suzuki, which is very weird. But if you think about the rotation now, you have Shoei Otani as the ace. You have Thor... Noah Syndergaard. Now, is that enough? Because after that, you go Patrick Sandoval, Patrick Sandoval on the year, his ERA is two Oh three. Then you go to Michael Lorenzen, who is their fourth starter right now. And his ERA is just over four, but he's got three victories. And then I mentioned Reed Detmers who just threw a no, no. So, the Angels look like a playoff team, and come playoff time, is it going to be enough to go Otani, syndergaard And I think if you've been watching baseball in the last decade, do you think Syndergaard's going to make it through the whole season without getting hurt? That's the other thing. Now, their closer, Rysel Iglesias, um, is another guy, I think, you know, and and. It's You have to remember, this guy's 32 years old. I still feel like he's a kid, but he didn't come into the bigs until he was like uh, 26. But it just shows that, you know, when we were looking at the American League West, you have to start with the Houston Astros because they are the ones that are tried and true, whether they bang on garbage cans or not. Uh, we thought, boy, the Seattle Mariners are going to make a move with all the money that they spent. And then the Angels... I mean, the Angels have Otani and Trown and Renan. and they, the Angels should hang around. But are they really going to do anything? And remember about 10 days into the season, I think the Angels were like three and seven. And it was like, wow, it's still not working in Anaheim. Well, they've won seven out of their last 10. They're now 10 games over 500. And the only team uh, playing under uh, 400 ball in that division uh, is the A's right now. And by the way, if you're a Red Sox fan, how much does it hurt that the A's have a better record than you do <laughs> right now? How much does it hurt that the Orioles... I mean, you think about the great teams of the 70s, right? And you think, oh, Yankees. Well, the Yankees are good. Baltimore Orioles, dynasty, nah. Pittsburgh Pirates, dynasty, nah. Oakland A's, three straight, five straight divisions, sandwiching three straight World Series titles, eh. It's a different time, y'all. But I'm already looking forward to a uh, Subway series and a, a real one at that. But listen, it's uh, it's May. It's early May. We'll keep our eye on it. All right. When we come back, Michael Ian Black. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you in a second.
11: 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract
4: to get access.
11: Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with deals like our Silver Unlimited plan for just $45 a month and no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for $249, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions at
4: straighttalk.com.
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the program, Rick Tittle, with you nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Uh, It's great to welcome back one of our favorites. It is stand-up comedian Michael Ian Black, and he's back in town here at Cobb's Comedy Club. That's the big room here in North Beach down on Columbus, and he's going to start his run tomorrow night Michael, welcome back to the show. And, and I was going around HBO Max the other day and I was watching a couple of Inside Amy Schumers and you were killing me, man. You were killing me.
9: Well, thanks, Rick. Nice to be back. And uh, I just shot it. They, they're doing a new Inside Amy Schumer. I just shot a new uh, new episode of that.
3: Well, that's good to hear. Well, first of all, I should tell people what I'm talking about. And this is like almost like 10 years ago. But you were the photographer... <laughs> That could capture the interracial marriages and get the uh, you know the colors so to speak <laughs> just right, and then you were going through the list. What was the one couple that you refused to shoot?
9: Oh, I don't remember. It was like Korean and Indian black or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Yeah, he's the uh, yeah. He I played the interracial wedding photographer who was fairly insensitive about uh, all all manner of uh, racial subjects.
3: No doubt. And then the one that got me the most was that you did that the the commercial for Punchables, and then you went Punchables, and you kicked, and there was like a pause, and then you started to do it again, and it just cut you off. It was genius.
9: <laughs> I don't even think I've ever seen that.
3: Oh, it's genius because you're in your suit and you go, punchables, and you kind of pause and you're like, punt, and then they cut you off.
9: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just funny editing. That's nothing I did. That's just good, funny editing.
3: That's absolutely funny editing, but the thing is, you, I'm sure you have HBO Max, and that's how you know you've done a lot of stuff if you've never even seen what, it. What am I, a
9: millionaire? You think I can <laughs> afford HBO Max?
3: <laughs> but you've never even looked at it, huh? No. No.
9: Wow.
3: Is that because you did- I'm one
9: of the, I, I'm one of those actors who doesn't like watch a lot of stuff that he's in if I can help it? it like me and Johnny Depp have that in common. We have a lot in common, <laughs> but that's one of the things that we have in common.
3: Except, yeah, I haven't seen your divorce trial on national television.
9: I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I'm I'm I've been encouraging my wife to poop in my bed just so I have something to talk about.
3: Oh, uh, and then even then you wouldn't look at that either, would you? No, no. All right, so um, a new hour, was it easy for you? Was it hard? Is it always hard? How does it work when you got to get a whole new hour?
9: It's always hard. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to be funny on stage. That's one thing that I think most people probably know. And it's hard to write new jokes. That's probably also something people know. And it's hard to come up with an hour's worth of them. That's probably also something people intuitively understand. But when you're a professional like I am, (laughs) hey, it's a joy, you know?
3: Yeah, you don't seem to be rattled very easily. Like if you're not saying you're going to get a Will Smith trying to slap you, but what's the most rattled you ever were by a heckler?
1: I don't think
9: I've ever been rattled by a heckler uh, but I have had a couple times when people have come on stage, um, but it's never, that's always, yeah, yeah that will rattle you because, because you just don't know what they're going to do. And they, they, you know, it's, they're always drunk. I mean, it's always drunk people doing drunk stuff. They're never wielding knives or anything, but uh, that's just never a good feeling when somebody feels entitled enough to come up on stage. Or sometimes what they'll do is they'll come backstage and come into the green room. Uh, which is also startling because there's there's nowhere to go. Like, there's there's really just usually the one door to get in and out of the green room. Um, so that's always scary. And, and and it's not like they're ever bringing cash, you know? It's not <laughs> like they're ever like, hey, I just wanted to tip you for a great set.
3: Have you ever had somebody, because you're in the public eye, kind of feel like, you know, more than just a fan, that maybe they're your brother or something and kind of act a little too familiar?
9: Yeah, I've had that. I've had people write like crazy letters. I think most uh people in the public I probably get one or two of those um where you know they you know it's just somebody who's in a manic state or or somebody and they they somehow reach out to you and and want to explain God and the world and your role in it and how you communicate to them through the television and all of that. It's uh, those are unsettling. Those are absolutely unsettling, particularly when they when they have somehow managed to find your address and and you know, Ugh. well they could just show up here.
3: Yeah. So if I watch you and rewind you in VHS, is it kind of a helter skelter message?
9: Um it depends what you're watching. But 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 yes. Wow. Yes. If you watch me on Reno nine one one or in What on American Summer, um if you see if you see me having sex with Bradley Cooper in reverse, you will see, there there's definitely a satanic message there.
3: Wow couple more questions from Michael Ian Black. He's here at Cobb's Comedy Club uh, this weekend. My uh, cousin uh, is a Reno cop, and he said, he told me that they were going to call the show Modesto 911. And the city of Modesto, California, was outraged, and they thought, you're just going to make fun of us because we're a little podunk town. And he said Reno heard about it and reached out and said, please do us. Your thoughts? (laughs)
9: I, I've never heard that., yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm gonna have to ask. Um, if that's true, that speaks very highly of Reno because Reno knows who it is. Reno's like, yeah, you should make fun of us. We're Reno.
3: Yeah, the, we're,
9: the, we're 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 kind of garbage. <laughs> and they are. but if they embrace it, great.
3: I remember as a kid because we have a cabinet at Tahoe because I'm so posh and fancy. Uh, but we would go to Reno. Well, sure, you
9: can obviously afford HBO Max, so <laughs> you've
3: already proven it. <laughs> really, I just followed, connect the dots. Um, but we would go to, to Reno to visit my cousins, and you'd come down into that valley, and um, you know it was always windy and freezing, and maybe we would go to Circus Circus. But the funny thing is, Michael, in these last five years, as Californians are leaving for Austin and Boise, Reno is exploding now with people. Your thoughts?
9: Really? I did not know that. Um, uh, look, I'm rooting for Reno, you know, because it just seems like, you know, they've gotten the short end of the stick for years and years. It just seems like maybe now is their time. Maybe now Reno can emerge from, you know, it, Reno is, is essentially like the trailer park of the United States. And I want them to, to come out of that and be, be a, little bit,
3: a little bit more desirable. The thing I love is, you know, people coming from wherever they set off upon in their Conestoga wagons, Independence, Missouri, whatever, they get to Reno, it's freezing, it's cold, there's there's no lake, there's nothing, and they go, somebody said, I'm done, not taking another step. And it's like, no, it just over the Sierras is California. <laughs> it's 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 the Pacific Ocean. We've come so far. And the guy goes, I don't think you heard me. I'm not taking another step. You're gonna stay here forever? Yes, here forever. That's the plan. Yeah. And
9: thus Reno was born. And that seems about right. Reno does seem like the kind of town where people are like, I give up. (laughs) I'm not taking another (laughs) this is it for me. Just let me let me just wheel my rascal up to the buffet and park (laughs) me there because I'm
3: done. And that was in eighteen (laughs) sixty (laughs) three.
9: Well, it was a horse-drawn rascal.
3: (laughs) Very good, yeah. And it was, I guess, sort of like wagon vittles, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the buffet
9: is beans and cactus and dust. Wow. Enjoy.
3: Plus my podcast, Wagon Vittles, on uh, iHeartRadio. You can check it out. (laughs) Hey, I don't think the Reno Chamber of Commerce will be airing this episode, don't you think?
9: Uh, They may not be, but but, but, um, it's all said with love.
3: Yeah, and as we just pointing out, they have great self-deprecating humor, as we just noted.
9: Yeah, I mean, they know who they are. They're Reno.
3: When you were growing up, what were your thoughts on Reno? What did you think of it?
9: Uh, I If if you had mentioned Reno to me, I would have thought, and I think until I actually visited there, I would have thought it was like a, a little mini Las Vegas, like it was kind of glamorous, mm-hmm. but maybe like a little more Wild Westy. y um, <laughs> But it's really not. It's really not. It's it, it, Reno's kind of like if, um, if like if like Sears was a ta- like Sears now, like as it's going out of business, if Sears now was a town, that's kind of like what Reno is.
3: Oh, that's good. Yeah, Sears, pennies, one of one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Reno! as you said, said with love and and now that apparently they can't build schools fast enough because of all the uh I'm thrilled. The, yeah, it's not white flight, it's California flight now
9: yeah, great I mean any time the town is doing well i'm happy i'm I'm happy for Reno
3: that's good, and by the way, when you woke up this morning, did you think you'd say wild Westie
9: uh, I did not, <laughs> and which is weird because because I have a westie that a dog
3: ah. Oh. Uh,
9: but he's so domesticated that there was no chance of me describing him as a wild
3: Westie. <laughs> and that's short for Western what?
9: I don't know. I don't really
8: have
3: one. <laughs> 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 uh, is it not PC to call Eskimo dogs Eskies anymore? Is, so,
9: was, that a, was that a thing? You yeah. A, they,
3: yeah. Es- maybe know. you that's call them though, right? like Inuit. Maybe, it's, a, maybe it's an Inny. Like a belly button.
9: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm just. Can you see? It? Do people still refer to Eskimo dogs? It's called the official breed is the American Eskimo dog. That is the name.
3: That's the official name. Yeah, we yeah, have I the. It up. We have the Mandarin Oriental Hotel here. I don't, how PC is that?
9: Well, I mean, the Orient
3: is a place. It just means eastern. In, yeah, as Occidental yeah, means it, western. It can be
9: Oriental. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, you just look, I'm all, I'm all for political correctness. I'm all for uh, 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 giving people the nomenclature that they request. Uh, but I, I don't think anybody's up in arms about the word Oriental.
3: That's why your think. Instagram handle is Michael Ian Woke, right? <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. Well, Michael Ian Black's going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club. He's going to start off with his show tomorrow night at eight o'clock and uh michael if you're in town you know my studio and you love it tomorrow friday i dare you to come in friday come on in and and sit in
9: maybe i mean i'm (laughs) i'm I'm legitimately thinking about it
3: you think about it you come in and the great thing is you can come and go as you please
9: do we have to talk about sports
3: no how much sports have we talked about here
9: uh, well, you can you can probably uh, race American Eskimo dogs, so that almost counts.
3: <laughs> well, I know what, uh, what a great football powerhouse NYU is, so we can get into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, maybe we'll see you here, but you can definitely see Michael Ian Black at Cobbs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Make sure to check him out. Hey, Michael, thanks for coming on, and uh hope to see you in person.
9: Always great speaking with you, Rick.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Violet.
1: that's 800-817-2968.
15: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is.
10: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: All right, thank you for that. we got two more hours to go, and <clears throat> always love having Michael Ian Black on the show. He's one of those guys who, he, <laughs> he has one of those faces like Adam Scott that you kind of want to slap, but he's just too damn funny to go ahead and slap, <laughs> you know? He's a like he's got, he's a good-looking guy, but he's not like threatening. You know, he's just kind of this weird kind of dweeby dude. But it, it, he, I remember he wrote a book, and I picked it up, and I was dying. I mean, the guy is a hilarious comedy writer, and you think about him with Michael Showalter and the other guys that all came through NYU at the same time, and they start off with Sulla, David Wayne. It's pretty incredible all they've been through, but it was about. I don't know, about 2016, when the first time Michael came in here and he was disgusted with the studio. He couldn't believe we didn't have sports decorations like pennants and helmets. He couldn't believe that there were these speakers that were in here just willy-nilly, which are still here. And so he stood up the whole interview. He brought the mic up to him because he said he wouldn't sit down in such a filthy studio. And I knew it was shtick. He committed to it. He was here for at least forty minutes. He committed to it, and after a while, as you kind of t- saw when I was talking to him, I was making him laugh, and he finally relented. But I think he was willing. I, I like this commit. He was willing to keep that shtick the entire time that this place was too disgusting for him. That is comedy. All right, I'll take a quick break, and we got two more hours, so come on back on Sports Byline. <laughs>
16: Say Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden says inflation is unacceptably high after the release of the new consumer price index data. It rose by three-tenths of a percent in April, while the year-over-year increase was 8.3 percent. This as California Republican Congressman Darrell Issa tells Fox Business that Democrat policies are driving inflation upwards. Government needs to take their foot off of spending and let the American entrepreneur go back to fixing the problem. We can do it. More Americans are moving to buy homes. Applications for mortgages to buy homes rose 5% last week, including a bump in adjustable rate mortgages known as ARMS, which offer lower rates. The national average for a 30-year fixed mortgage jumped 17 basis points last week to 5.53%. USA Radio News.
13: Paid for by govmint.com. Have you heard? The United States Mint has issued the Morgan Silver Dollar for the first time in 100 years. Not only that, but they are also minted in 99.9% pure silver for the first time ever in history. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone that knows the enduring popularity of Morgans. But you must hurry. Only 175,000 legal tender silver dollars were issued. These Morgan Silver Dollars are brand new, bright and shiny legal tender coins minted by the iconic Philadelphia Mint. Just call one 1- 877 one 888 7630 and you're guaranteed a new 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. The first time in history this has happened, but with limited quantities, you must call now to order. To learn more, call 1-800-888-7630. If you order now, you will receive a free collector bonus, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-888-7630 now to secure your new Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-888-7630.
16: According to AAA, the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline set a new record today at $4.40 a gallon. That's up three cents from yesterday and up $1.42 over last year at this time. And this driver tells NBC News.
17: They're ridiculous, man. can't, you know, seem like you're working
16: for gas. A 15-gallon fill-up costs around 21 bucks more this year than last. An escaped inmate is back behind bars in Alabama. Casey White was arraigned last night after arriving from Indiana. That's where he was caught Monday with the corrections officer accused of walking him out of jail on her last day of work. Vicky White, no relation, shot herself in the head as police closed in and died hours later. It's believed they had a romantic relationship for at least two years. School nurses are being celebrated today. National School Nurses Day is part of National Nurses Week. This is USA Radio News.
14: Gun smoke. Fort Laramie. Have gun, will travel. Frontier gentlemen. Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. The greatest
9: radio shows of all time, Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. On many of these radio stations or online, just search for Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. That's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox.
16: A private plane passenger with no flying experience ended up having to land a plane after a pilot suffered a medical emergency on Tuesday. The passenger radioed air traffic control in Palm Beach, Florida, saying that he had a serious situation here. Air traffic controller Robert Morgan, who's also a flight instructor, then guided him and he safely landed the single engine Cessna at Palm Beach
2: International Airport. I just kept him calm. And he stayed really calm, and I just kind of talked him um, through the everything. I told him how to use the brakes when he got on the runway and just to uh, kind of reduce the power just to, so he can start a slow descent to try to land on the runway. And uh, about 300 feet, he uh, kind of disappeared off of radar scopes. And I said, hey, can you still hear me? Because I didn't want him to get nervous. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm still here. I said, okay, when you get in closer to the runway, just it's going to get bigger, and that's when you want to start really reducing your power and uh, the plane just landed.
16: Morgan speaking there on CNN. Millions of people are bracing for a heat wave. Temperatures are expected to jump 15 to 25 degrees across the central states from Colorado to Indiana. The warmer weather begins today and will continue tomorrow in Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, where it could get into the 90s. Take us with you wherever you go by searching for USA Radio News wherever you download your podcasts. For USA Radio News... I'm Tim Berg.
1: Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. That's 800-209-6124. NMLS 6606 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity.
17: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love
18: that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon,
2: fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch.
3: Thank you so much, and uh, welcome back to the uh, show. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY. I was looking at a couple of these arbitration cases. Cardinals defeat Tyler O'Neill in arbitration. Braves defeat Austin Riley in arbitration. Goodness gracious. That was the whole thing with... Reggie Jackson would say, you know, Charlie Finley, they would be in front of an arbiter, and Reggie Jackson would say, "Uh, I hit 40 home runs, and Finley would go, why didn't she hit 50? Remember, it's just two numbers, the clubs and the players. The arbitrator doesn't cut it in half. That, to me, would be the easy thing. Uh, The player says 10 million, the club says 5 million. How about 7.5? Nope, either win or you lose, and the club usually wins, uh, believe it or not. But anyway, yesterday, my uh, A's were in a double dip at uh, Motown. Robert uh, went to uh, the first game. He saw his Tigers win. Game two, the A's were winning four to nothing in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, Lou Trevino, bases loaded, walks a guy. And I was thinking, you know what? I know that the owner of the A's, John uh, Fisher, doesn't give a rat's monkey's uncle whether the A's win or not. I know that. But does everyone have a breaking point? You know, it's sort of like Twitter isn't for sale. I'll give you $4 billion. Uh I can't do it. How about $44 billion? It's yours. Everybody has a price. A bre- and I thought, even John Fisher, who is as competitive as a mosquito... Maybe if Lou Trevino would have given up the walk off Grand Slam that maybe even John Fisher, that would be his cracking point and say get Lou Trevino off the team. I can't take it anymore because as I watched it felt like you were I was like bleeding and I couldn't stop the bleeding when I was watching Lou Trevino on the bump. It's a horrifying experience. Other than that, baseball is fun. I'm Rick Tittle. come on back.
1: Do you have no
0: credit or bad credit? Well, now it's no problem with YourCreditPulse.com. Our experts have the comprehensive knowledge to help you aggressively navigate and remove any irregularities from your credit report. YourCreditPulse.com is the solution you've been looking for, from buying a house or a car or securing your next personal or small business loan. All you have to do to get started with a confidential and free consultation is go to our website at YourCreditPulse.com now. So, get in the good credit game at YourCreditPulse.com and now today's rust eating tip of the day presented by free all deep penetrating oil you're all set for a quick tie rotation until you have a rusted on wheel coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil let them sit for a few minutes and you'll have them off in a cinch now give a generous spray into each mounting hole place a two by four on the outer edge of the wheel and smack the wood with a mallet just enough to create some breaking force and vibration repeat if necessary And now a word from Free All.
11: Stop wasting your time struggling to loosen rusted nuts and bolts. Start using Free All Deep Penetrating Oil.
3: All right, welcome back. Nice to have you with us. Hour two of three underway. Rick Tittle with you. Nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to uh, welcome to the show Damon West. Damon West is a criminal justice professor. He's also a a public speaker and a best-selling author. And he has a new book, which just came out yesterday from Wiley Publishing. It's called The Locker Room, How Great Teams Heal Hurt. Overcome adversity and build unity. Damon, welcome to the show. Just to give people a little thumbnail on who you are: a Division One quarterback who ended up with a sixty-five-year prison sentence. Did you, when you got that sentence, did you ever think that you would have any light at the end of the tunnel?
19: Not at all, man. Oh my God! First of all, thanks for having us show. You got me. You asked that question, you teed it up high, man. Um, no, I didn't think there'd be any chance for that. Look, it was almost 13 years ago to the day, May 18th, 2009, that I stood in front of a jury in Dallas County. And the jury, man, they listened to six days. It was a long trial. Man. It was a six-day trial. And at the end of that six-day trial, the evidence was so overwhelming in my guilt of uh, of the crime, of engaging in organized criminal activity. I was the meth addict. I was the head of a... a Group of other meth addicts. I mean, young and old, male and female, black and white, and everything in between. Because drugs don't discriminate. and That drug particularly doesn't discriminate. It's very evil, very very destructive. But at the end of that six-day trial, the jury had heard enough. They hated my guts, and they gave them every reason to hate me. And they came back with that sixty-five-year sentence after a ten-minute deliberation. Wow. Ten minutes, man. Wow. Yeah, it's not. I mean, like you know, you're in, you know you're in trouble when you come back and. And the jury was, you know, only gone for 10 minutes. And look, when I got sent, when I got sentenced that day, my mom and my dad got one last visit with me right outside the courtroom behind a bulletproof glass. But my mom made me promise that I wouldn't join one of the white Aryan Brotherhood. That game, one of the white hate groups in there. And she said, no gangs and no tattoos. She said, you come back as the man we raised or don't come back at all. And I didn't know how I was going to deliver on a, on a promise like that. But I had to make this promise I just didn't know how to deliver on it, but I was fortunate enough to run into another inmate in Dallas County Jail that shared with me the story of the coffee bean. And He told me that prison was like a pot of warm water, and I had three choices. I could be like the carrot that turns soft and sad and weak, or the egg that turns hard and mad and mean. And this is what happens to us. Some people become sad and get beat down by life. They become carrots. And he said some people get beat down by life, and they get hardened by it, and they become eggs. He said, but a coffee bean a coffee bean isn't changed by the water. It changes the water to a pot of coffee. It's the change agent. So he said, if you want to come back on the other side of prison and be like that man your parents raised, then you have to be a coffee bean. And that was it. That was the four words that that motivated me that became a mantra, if you will, inside my head for the entire seven years and three months that I was locked up in a maximum security penitentiary in Texas. And at the end of seven years and three months, I had become that coffee bean. And the parole board, They took notice of it, and they came to visit me, and they said, hey, listen, you know, you didn't just change yourself while you were here in this prison. You changed this prison around you. One man changed the entire prison, and they wanted to know if I could do that in the free world. Can you you find coffee beans out there? And so November 16, 2015, I walk out of a Texas maximum security prison. Not necessarily free because I'm on parole till the year 2073, so I got a little. I got I got a little time with on supervised release. But honestly, really, I don't care about parole, and I don't mean that in a, in a cocky, urgent way. But my when I say I'm not worried about parole, it's I'm a coffee bean, and as long as I'm a coffee bean, the only way I go back into prison is when I go to prisons all over America, and I share my story with the men and women that are locked up in there to bring them hope on their journey, and I. Walk back out the front gate, and so my life—I've been so fortunate in life to be in the position I'm in. There's not a lot of men and women that have ever come out of a maximum security prison and and had the opportunity that I have right now. So I try to make the most of that opportunity and writing this book was one of those things.
3: You know the 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 rate of repeat incarceration is through the roof and. The parole board did a good job in, in picking you, and you think about what a benefit to society you have been since then. But how hard was it for you not to go back in?
18: You know, the,
19: the thing about it is I tell people I'm an addict, and, and what that means is that I, I, I suffer from the disease of addiction, and, and I, I belong to a program recovery. And, and I don't speak for AA, but AA is the 12-step program that I've gotten, I got into when I was in prison. And being in a program recovery gave me the tools that I need to live my life by, meaning that if I work my program recovery, that I won't ever go back to prison. And I tell people all the time that 80% of the people that are locked up have substance abuse issues. And if those people that have substance abuse issues will go find a program recovery and work it, and when I say work it, I mean get a sponsor, work the steps, really work the program, then you're not going back to prison. Not only that, but you know, you don't have to worry about your lights being cut off, the bills not being paid, someone knocking at your door. So I don't really worry about going back to prison. And when I got out, I didn't have a concern so much that I was going back. And I had to find something in my life positive to be a part of. And that's what I in my program recovery, that's what I jumped into the day one that I got out of prison. First thing I did when I got out of prison, I went to I went and found an AA group, and I started going to my meetings day one, the first night I was out of prison. And I got into this thing called servant leadership. And servant leadership is about helping other people out. And, and especially when we're dealing with struggles in our own lives, it's, it's very important for us to help other people, get involved in other people's lives, help them with their issues that they're, they're dealing with. And that takes us out of our own struggles too. And that's what I've really had a formula in my life. It's not a big secret but I just go out there and be a servant leader. And that keeps me free on the inside and the outside.
3: Last question for you. Um, I mean, I played college football too, and I just think about the locker room, just the diversity of players and the, the rich kids, the kids that didn't grow up rich, all the ethnicities, the different religions. I mean, it really is kind of a a parable to teamwork and the common good. Is that what you're trying to get across with this book?
19: Yeah, so I, here's the thing about the locker room. Uh, I use sports as a metaphor for this book because sports is great. Sports always gets there first in this country. You know, before there was MLK, there was Jackie Robinson. Before we integrated a lunch counter in this country, we integrated a locker room. So I think sports is going to get there first. You know, on Friday nights in in stadiums all over America, on Friday nights in the fall, there's this thing called high school football. And in the stands of those high school football games, there's people that are hugging each other, high-fiving, and experience all the emotion of a game. That they don't do that in any other part of society. You know, they, not even in church do you see these people getting together like that on a Friday night. People from all different backgrounds, races, cultures, groups get together and cheer for their team. But the magic, the miracle of the locker room is what keeps it all together because in a locker room of a team that wins games, there's standards in there. And the standards say that, you know, that a mistake doesn't make you a mistake in a healthy locker room. And that the standard is the standard in a healthy locker room. That means that no one is above the standard. And in a healthy locker room, your success is my success. And the team is greater than any individual. And, you know, we don't have a locker room right now in America. And that's what I wanted to try to help create with this book when it deals with difficult topics, is that by by clinging to your core values and, you know, your core principles, we and being willing to listen to what other people are saying, we can have conversations and we can come back together. And I just think that America needs a locker room. And that's why I wrote this book, you know, the locker room. So we could probably bring a locker room back to America. Because man, the only thing greater than this country is her potential. And I don't think we're living up to our potential right now. And I think we're we're capable of so much
8: more.
3: Great stuff here from Damon West. Make sure to pick up the book as I mentioned. It is brand new from Wiley Publishing. It's called The Locker Room: How Great Teams Heal, Hurt, Overcome Adversity, and Build Unity. And as you heard, this isn't just theory. Damon has lived this. Damon, thank you so much for your time and congratulations on the effort.
19: Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you for your time too. Appreciate All right.
3: You. All right. Good stuff. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back on Sports Byline USA.
8: Oh yeah Mr. Big Stuff Who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff You're never gonna get my love
4: In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call
1: 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. Let's say life knocks
4: on your door. And you need money to live on or pay bills.
0: they can say yes when your bank says no. Call Easy Knock now and get the cash
1: you need out of your home. Easy Knock is not a lender. Its products are not available in all markets. Terms and conditions apply. 800 245 9187. 800 245 9187. 800 245 9187. That's 800 245
2: 9187. You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say. And I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you very much. Don't interrupt me, please. Thank you.
10: You must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right, that's elaborate. Welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated and around the globe on American forces. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Michael Riley. He's the CEO of Tracktown USA and co-meet director of the Prefontaine Classic. Michael, welcome to the show. For people who don't know what it is, what is the Prefontaine Classic, and where and when is it?
17: Uh, Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Quite simply, the Prefontaine Classic is the best professional track and field meet uh, in the world. Each year, we bring together practically all of the medalists from the Olympic Games, put them together in a head-to-head competition in a tight, action-packed 90 minutes, uh, and this year it's going to be held May 27th and 28th at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon.
3: And that's new, right, Hayward Field?
17: Hayward Field has had a long history. Uh, the old stadium was built first in 1919, uh, but recently it's been redeveloped and reimagined, and there's a spectacular new Hayward Field uh, on the grounds of, uh, of the old stadium. And quite simply, it's just the best track and field facility in the world.
3: When we think about the legacy of Steve Prefontaine and, of course, the emergence of Nike at that time in the mid-70s, how did those two mesh together?
17: Well, I I think from a brand perspective, they were really the perfect match. Uh, In the early 70s, Steve Prefontaine was not only one of the world's most decorated track and field athletes, but he was probably the most charismatic uh, athlete. He just had this really awesome ability to connect with the fans, and they really resonated with his front-running style and really his you know never-say-die attitude, and I think for a young startup company like Nike trying to make its way in the world and really have an impact on sport, it was just a perfect match.
3: Now, we're going to get some world record uh, attempts. You mentioned uh, Olympic uh, medalists uh, competing. Uh, What are some of those uh, world record attempts?
17: So on Friday night, we've got three world record attempts uh, staged. We're going to have uh, athletes pursuing a world record in the women's one-hour run, the women's two-mile run, and the men's 5,000 meters. And uh, ideally, we'll have really great conditions uh, for them set up. Uh, they're difficult records to uh, achieve, but uh, hopefully the athletes are training well and going to be in a great position to run fast.
3: So uh, I know that you guys are going to be uh, getting a little bit on uh, NBC, some national coverage as well.
17: Yeah, the meet will be broadcast live on NBC on Saturday, May 28th, uh, beginning at 1.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And it's just a... a great indication that the Olympic sports broadcaster uh, is going to be showcasing all these great Olympic athletes.
3: You know, I was at a, a high school um, track meet uh, not too long ago, and, um, you know, I'm always amazed at the young pole vaulters, how brave they are. But I also know that it's it's been quite some time, uh, at least out here in California, the, uh, the, the death of the uh, javelin, uh, for obvious uh, reasons. It was a safety thing. Where are we with American javelins? Uh,
17: American javelin throwers uh, have been competing uh, well. We will not have that event uh, at this year's uh, Prefontaine uh, Classic. Uh, but later this summer in July, the United States will host the World Championships in track and field uh, July 15th uh, through the 24th. It'll be the first time that that major event has been held in the United States and I think we can expect at that, that meet to see some great things out of America's traveling
3: for I'm always amazed at the football uh, players in college who are also track athletes and there are uh, many um, and you talk to them and I have talked to them over the years and sometimes they'll say, you know, I was a track guy first and they took me over to football or vice versa. How hard was it like from your time at, at Stanford and uh, Oberlin and Oregon for those players, especially the Pac-10 or now Pac-12 athletes, to be track athletes and football players?
17: Well, I think we might be a little bit biased uh, in Eugene because one of the world's greatest track and field athletes was also a standout uh, football star for the University of Oregon football team, Devin Allen. Uh, He's twice been a finalist at the Olympic Games at 110-meter hurdles. He actually stopped playing football uh, for a few years to pursue uh, his dream of becoming an Olympic medalist. Um, He's going to run in the world championships later this summer, but he's also recently signed a contract with the Philadelphia Eagles, so he'll actually be moving from professional track and field back to trying to make a spot on an NFL team this fall.
3: And when you think about recruiting uh, for track, and of course Oregon from, you know, Blotti to Chip Kelly and, uh, Christopher, the coaches they've had up there, uh, the stature of Oregon football has grown, and of course, with uh, you know Nike's influence, with the you know a different uniform and helmet <laughs> for every game, how has that helped the recruiting in there uh, in Eugene for the track and field as well?
17: Uh, I think it's been a really a great benefit. Uh, one of the the great traditions, I think, of Oregon football has just been putting together really teams full of really spectacular uh, athletes. And when you look at track and field with all of its disciplines in running, jumping, and throwing, all of those basic mechanics, speed, strength, power, that's exactly what they're looking for in in terms of football. So it's really been, uh, I think, quite a marriage
8: made in heaven.
3: All right, and uh, to buy tickets, preclassic.com, and uh, we have been speaking with Michael Riley, CEO of Tracktown USA and co-meet director of the Prefontaine Classic up there at Hayward Stadium in Eugene, May 27th and 28th, and as we mentioned, uh, on NBC uh, as well, 1.30 to uh, 3 p.m. is the tune-in window there. Michael, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, have a great tournament.
17: We appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful day.
3: All right, you too. Uh, one more note as uh, we uh, before we go to a break here from the football world. You might have heard the case between Brett Favre and his native Mississippi. Remember, he's from the town of Kill, Mississippi, K-I-L-N. And you don't pronounce the N, which is perfect for a guy who some people pronounce the R in front of the, the V. But the Mississippi Department of Human Services is now suing Brett Favre and others in an effort to recoup millions of welfare dollars that were intended for the less fortunate. And uh, that is that Favre and his brethren squandered over $20 million for the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, which is an anti-poverty program. The lawsuit was uh, also uh, um, filed against uh, Brett DiBiase, um, Ted DiBiase Jr., Ted DiBiase Sr., who's known as the million-dollar man, ran uh, a couple of uh, ministries uh, as well. But uh, apparently that uh, Brett Favre was paid $1.1 million for motivational speeches. It's just that he never made any of those speeches. So Brett Favre admitted it and he paid back the money. And I thought that was the end of it. But what this lawsuit is, is they're looking for interest on that money. And the interest is $228,000. You know, that's just something like if we had held on to that money, we could have had all that interest. So they're. Um, uh, the lawsuit comes after Nancy New and Zachary New. Nancy New is 69 and Zachary New is 39. They pled guilty to state criminal charges connect to running a nonprofit and education company in Mississippi, and they agreed to testify against others. And um, they're saying this is the largest corruption case in Mississippi in 20 years, which is saying something. <laughs> what are you saying about Mississippi. Now, listen, and by the way, Michael Ian Black and I trashing Reno, it's all tongue-in-cheek, right? Oh, it's all tongue-in-cheek. But uh, Brett Favre, you know, you always hear about these great athletes who, you know, like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was penniless at one point because of bad uh, interests and people putting his money and, you know, infiltrating all their cash away, embezzling, I should say. Um, you know, Brett Favre gave back $1.1 million. You just wonder how much... Brett Favre makes because he's a spokesman for Iron Man. I see him doing those like diabetes socks commercials. There's all sorts of things. There's insecticide. In fact, Brett Favre changed the national football league post conference or post game uh, press conferences because he, remember he wore that hat with the insecticide brand on it and got huge exposure. And then they said, okay, you can't wear that anymore. On that note, I remember when Alex Smith was with the Niners, he would always wear a Padres hat because he's from San Diego. He went to Helix High School. He played with Reggie Bush there. And then after a few years, he started wearing a Giants hat. I'm like, come on, man. We don't like looking at the Padres hat, but at least we respected it because you're from there. Don't change. (laughs) All of a sudden, you're in San Francisco. All right, uh, coming up after a break, we'll uh, keep the uh, comic stylings going with Carlos Mencia. Come on back.
2: You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you
1: go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four piece snugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. that 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 was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're gonna feel when you get that biggie
0: bag at Wendy's. US price participation may vary, includes four piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices
4: may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
1: That's 800 1845
4: Have you ever wished the student-athlete in your family could play baseball against teams in the Caribbean? Well, now they can set sail and do just that with Team Avenue Baseball on one of its iconic Caribbean cruise camps. That's right. If they love baseball and want an experience they'll never forget, then you need to visit TeamAvenueBaseball.com right now. Founded by former pro ball players, TeamAvenueBaseball.com will lead to the baseball adventure of a lifetime.
10: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: All right. uh, Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. We're trying to get Carlos Mencia. Breaking news uh, from one minute ago. The day game between the White Sox and the Guardians has now been postponed. Cleveland is dealing with multiple COVID-19 positives. And the teams won't be playing today to... quote, allow for continued testing and contact tracing. This is the first time this season that a game has been postponed because of coronavirus. Under the Union and League Health and Safety Protocols for the season, the commissioner's office has final authority on whether to postpone the game, and protocols state that MLB intends to promote to postpone games only if necessary to protect the health and safety of club personnel, players and umpires games will not be postponed for competitive reasons, provided the club has a sufficient number of players available to substitute those players on the active roster who are unavailable to play as a result of COVID-19. So there's been no, Rescheduling plans just yet. As I said, this news isn't even five minutes old yet, but it would have been the rubber match of a three-game set between Chicago and Cleveland. The White Sox host the Yankees for four games starting tomorrow. The Guardians have a day off tomorrow before heading to Minnesota for a weekend series. And, um, of course, they have four more series on the schedule, so it seems... Uh, Likely today's game will just be a part of a uh, doubleheader down the line. Um, The identity of players affected is unclear right now. And Jesse Rogers of ESPN reports that the positive tests mostly involve coaches and staff members. So the team had announced this morning, though, that Terry Francona was positive for the virus. And bench coach DeMarlo Hale was going to be the manager that's when they thought they were going to play until more of the results came in. So I'm sure there'll be more forthcoming updates about other individuals who tested positive too. At present, Cleveland has one player, infield Yu Chang, on the COVID injured list. And um, he went on the IL about three weeks ago. And uh, he's now on a rehab assignment with A Columbus. So our first game being postponed <clears throat> 1-800-878-PLAY. Uh, sad to see that uh, Bob Lanier passed away yesterday. Of course, was one of the uh, greats, one of the best left-handed players of all time, a guy who briefly was head coach of the Warriors, 14 seasons with the Pistons and the Bucks. a Hall of Famer inducted uh, 30 years ago into the Hall of Fame. Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, released this statement, quote, Bob Lanier was a Hall of Fame player and one of the most talented centers in NBA history, and his impact on the league went far beyond what he accomplished on the court. For more than 30 years, Bob Lanier served as our global ambassador and as a special assistant to former commissioner David Stern and then me traveling the world to teach the game's values make, and make a positive impact on young people everywhere. It was a labor of love for Bob, who was one of the kindest and most genuine people I have ever been around. His enormous influence on the NBA was also seen in his time as president of the National Basketball Players Association, where he played a key role in the negotiation of game-changing collective bargaining agreement. I learned so much from Bob by watching how he connected with people. He was a close friend who I will miss dearly as will so many of his colleagues across the NBA who are inspired by his generosity. We send our deepest condolences condolences to Bob's family and friends. <clears throat> Remember Lanier, number one overall pick in the nineteen seventy draft. His average twenty points and ten rebounds. That, folks, is a double double. And of course, um, you know, the seventy fifth anniversary team uh, as well. 1-800-87A-PLAY. Um, Staying with basketball here for a second, Stephen Curry, of course, is, if you don't want to recognize him as the greatest shooter of all time, um, which he is, <laughs> but you have to at least say that he has scorched a tail-blazing bra- tail path through the NBA history book. Greatest three-point shoot- shooter ever, the, uh, the shot creation, the consistency of his results, no one has ever made tougher threes, and the percentages he's concerning is astounding. But I think what's amazing about Curry, as he quote-unquote struggles to get back to his preposterously high bar he sets for himself, uh, 38% shot from three the regular season was by far the worst mark of his career. And it hasn't improved in the playoffs so far. And through nine games, Curry is shooting 35% from deep. And in fact, in the Memphis series, over the last three games, he's at 27%. And then Golden State racked up the second highest true shooting percentage for a single game in in playoff history in game three. That was 53% of their triples as a team. That was that blowout. But Curry still just made two of eight. But he still led the Warriors with 30 points, and then he backed that up with 32 in game four, even though he was four for 14 from three. So Curry has five 30-point games this postseason. Only Antetokounmpo and Morant have matched that number, and Morant seems like he's out the rest of this series. That's the report today. But Curry is doing this despite, as I say, his standards, struggling from distance. It's a testament to his greatness. <clears throat> and how he's doing it is the old fashioned way the free throw line and inside the arc. You know, the greatest scorers from eras gone by, that's where they did it. And Curry is averaging almost eight free throw attempts per game which is the highest mark in his postseason career. It's a 62% uptick on his regular season free throw frequency. He's forcing the action downhill because you have to respect him from three. And whether he's making them at a consistent clip or not, you're going to create pass for penetration. There's never going to be a point, knock on wood, where Steph Curry is going to be allowed to take an uncontested three. It's just, it's just not going to happen. But if you look at the two-point percentage over the years, Curry was 46.5% from three-point land as a rookie, and now he's at 58.3. So that's not bad for someone who doesn't have it anymore, if you want. (laughs) He's doing the bulk of his damage just outside the restricted area, 20% of his shot attempts have become between three and 10 feet, which is by far a career high. And so floaters, short jumpers, the occasional Kevin Durant fade away, all those shots, 67%, which is staggering. The best he's ever shot from those three combined are 50%. 67%. So... Look, earlier in the season, Curry was chasing three-pointers all over the court. He was hunting the all-time record, which he broke. I saw it with my own eyes. I was at Madison Square Garden. I saw him break it. And even the Knicks fans were fired up for it. But what he has done at 33 years old is extraordinary the way he's made himself more effective. It's sort of like You know, I think, and this isn't a complete change. He's still going to shoot threes, and his three shot's going to come back. Knock on wood again. But I remember Frank Tanana, who was, when I was a kid, it was Nolan Ryan and Frank Tanana. Those are the guys who could throw 100 miles per hour. Ooh, now 100 miles per hour, everybody has three of those in their bullpen if they're not Oakland. You know, the other day, um, I was watching the A's, Guys struck out to 103. But it was Frank Tanana, and it was Nolan Ryan. And Frank Tanana's arm went boing and snapped, basically. And he came back throwing junk. He turned himself into like Greg Maddox. I'm just going to throw these little Frisbees that are going to start in the black and then end up three feet off the plate. So, it's, like I said, it's a testament to Curry's greatness that his numbers <clears throat> have ticked up all the mid-range shots a ridiculous just from mid-range. And so that's how Curry, who's, despite his relative three-point struggles, has wound up with a great shooting percentage in the playoffs right now. In fact, those numbers are better from his back-to-back MVPs 2014-15 and 15-16. And you can go myriad ways about defining greatness, but it's, for me, it's when you are still great when you don't have your best stuff. You know, it's very easy for Curry to get 30 and lead the Warriors to victories when he's shooting shots from the other side of the court, right? That's just Curry. But he doesn't have his fastball. He just doesn't. And so he grinds. He gets into the paint. He draws contact. He gets to the line despite playing with an even keel that you know is an immense frustration bubbling underneath that he's not, quote-unquote, Steph Curry. But if you ever thought he was just a gunslinger, if you ever thought he was just a really good version of J.J. Redick or something, you're wrong, and it's proving it tenfold. He's a scorer of the basketball. He's a playmaker. Yes, he can defend as well. He's not Michael Jordan on defense, but he can defend. The, the thing is, is that he can beat you in different ways, and if you're a Warrior fan, you already knew that, and maybe if you're not and you just watch him in the playoffs, now you're seeing it. But three, that's 33 years old and the three-pointer. The three-pointer is unreliable right now, but his toolbox is deep. His bag of tricks is bottomless. And am I bowing down to Curry? Yes, I am. And you should too. (laughs) I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back.
1: That's 800-817-2968
15: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is
1: Four eight five six zero zero three eight hundred four eight five six zero zero three. That's 800 485
10: you must be crazy. Use a DOG, And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: <clears throat> All right. Thank you for that. Uh, a couple minutes left in uh, hour number two of three. We're going to try and get Mansi at 1140, see what happens. The, uh, the Jaguars are still dealing with the Urban Meyer fallout because today Josh Lambeau has decided to Sue the Jaguars for three and a half million dollars plus damages for emotional distress. You might remember Josh Lambeau was uh at camp uh during the preseason, was kicked and verbally abused by Meyer. Uh and uh, what happened was he said uh I was in the lunge position, left leg forward, right leg back, Urban Meyer while I'm in that stretch position, comes up and says, hey, dip S, make your effing kicks, and he kicked me in the leg. That was because Lambeau missed a field goal attempt in each of the team's first two preseason games. Lambeau reported the incident to his agent, who reported to the Jaguars' legal counsel. The Jaguars offered to speak with Lambeau, but he said there was no recollection of being able to speak with the legal team. Lambeau said in December, it certainly wasn't as hard as he could have done it, but it certainly wasn't a love tap. Truthfully, I'd register it a 5 out of 10, which in the workplace, I don't care if it's football or not. The boss can't strike an employee. And for a second, I couldn't believe it actually happened. Pardon my vulgarity. I said, don't you ever effing kick me again. And his response was, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. So uh, Meyer said, uh, Trent Balky and I met with him multiple occasions to encourage, and encourage his performance, and he never brought it up. I was fully supportive of Josh during his time with the team and wish him nothing but the best. Well, this is the way our society is, is that we're highly litigious. <clears throat> and Lambeau got cut, so he said my salary, if I had stayed, would have been the $3.5 million, but he wants damages for emotional distress. And I'm not going to say he wasn't emotionally distraught, but if I had three and a half million dollars every time some coach told me <laughs> to f off or grabbed me by the face mask or anything else, uh, I'd have a lot of money. So would all of us. So, am I sympathetic to Josh Lambeau? The answer is not really, because this is coming, you know, six months later. But uh, I mean, but then again, he's not lying. So wherever you sit on it is where you sit on it. Let's sit on it, Potsy, and come on back for another hour.
16: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden says inflation is unacceptably high after the release of the new Consumer Price Index data. It rose by three-tenths of a percent in April, while the year-over-year increase was 8.3 percent. This as California Republican Congressman Daryl Issa tells Fox Business that Democrat policies are driving inflation upwards. Government needs to take their foot off of spending and let the American entrepreneur go back to fixing the problem. We can do it. More Americans are moving to buy homes. Applications for mortgages to buy homes rose 5% last week, including a bump in adjustable rate mortgages known as ARMS, which offer lower rates. The national average for a 30-year fixed mortgage jumped 17 basis points last week to 5.53%. USA Radio News.
13: Paid for by govmint.com. Have you heard? The United States Mint has issued the Morgan Silver Dollar for the first time in 100 years. Not only that, but they are also minted in 99.9% pure silver for the first time ever in history. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone that knows the enduring popularity of Morgans. But you must hurry. Only 175,000 legal tender silver dollars were issued. These Morgan Silver Dollars are brand new, bright and shiny legal tender coins minted by the iconic Philadelphia Mint. Just call 1 1- 8 one 888 7630 and you're guaranteed a new 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. The first time in history this has happened, but with limited quantities, you must call now to order. To learn more, call 1-800-888-7630. If you order now, you will receive a free collector bonus, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-888-7630 now to secure your new Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-888-7630.
16: According to AAA, the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline set a new record today at $4.40 a gallon. That's up three cents from yesterday and up $1.42 over last year at this time. And this driver tells NBC News.
17: They're ridiculous, man. can't, you know, seem like you're working
16: for gas. A 15-gallon fill-up costs around 21 bucks more this year than last. An escaped inmate is back behind bars in Alabama. Casey White was arraigned last night after arriving from Indiana. That's where he was caught Monday with the corrections officer accused of walking him out of jail on her last day of work. Vicky White, no relation, shot herself in the head as police closed in and died hours later. It's believed they had a romantic relationship for at least two years. School nurses are being celebrated today. National School Nurses Day is part of National Nurses Week. This is USA Radio News.
14: Gun smoke. Fort Laramie. Have gun, will travel. Frontier gentlemen. Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. The greatest
9: radio shows of all time, Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. On many of these radio stations or online, just search for Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. That's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox.
16: A private plane passenger with no flying experience ended up having to land a plane after a pilot suffered a medical emergency on Tuesday. The passenger radioed air traffic control in Palm Beach, Florida, saying that he had a serious situation here. Air traffic controller Robert Morgan, who's also a flight instructor, then guided him and he safely landed the single-engine Cessna at Palm Beach
2: International Airport. I just kept him calm. And he stayed really calm, and I just kind of talked him um, through the everything. I told him how to use the brakes when he got on the runway and just to uh, kind of reduce the power just to, so he can start a slow descent to try to land on the runway. And uh, about 300 feet, he uh, kind of disappeared off of radar scopes. And I said, hey, can you still hear me? Because I didn't want him to get nervous. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm still here. I said, okay, when you get in closer to the runway, just it's going to get bigger, and that's when you want to start really reducing your power and uh, the plane just landed.
16: Morgan speaking there on CNN. Millions of people are bracing for a heat wave. Temperatures are expected to jump 15 to 25 degrees across the central states from Colorado to Indiana. The warmer weather begins today and will continue tomorrow in Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, where it could get into the 90s. Take us with you wherever you go by searching for USA Radio News wherever you download your podcasts. For USA Radio News,
3: Why would you buy Redbox to assume their debt? <laughs> That's like when the Jazz took Andres Biedrins and his big contract. We were like, thank you? I don't really know what's going on there. But we appreciate it. Um, We're talking about the uh, last couple days how we're not going to have FIFA soccer. I know. On our video game consoles and PCs and handhelds because EA has broken with them. And you think, ah, it's just a video game. Oh, no, it's much more than that. For years in the Premier League, EA Sports logo has been on the referees' unis. But Johnny Infantino, the president of FIFA, the little infant, he said, the FIFA name is the only global original title. The constant is the FIFA name. And it will remain forever, and it will remain the best. I can assure you that the only authentic real game has the FIFA name will be the best one available for gamers and football fans. Throwing down the gauntlet right there. Basically saying it's going to be EAFC or whatever we're going to call it basically saying if it doesn't say fifa it's it's uh, if it's not scottish it's just crap basically is what what you would uh, probably put it there but uh yeah you think a video game ain't important oh it's a money maker your ratings your player ratings you know the fifa the ea sports team of the week that's all huge stuff for them it's even bigger than madden if you can believe it anyway Uh, We have another hour to go. We got Carmine Marino coming up. Hey, Carmine. Oh! We got Emery Emery from Emeryville. He should have moved to Emeryville. And uh, maybe Carlos Mencia. Did we ever hear back from them? Probably not. You gotta love it when someone says, can I please come on your show to promote my shows? Sure. Not there.
1: I would like to promote my show. No show. Come on back. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
5: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest.
14: To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at AgainstTheNumber.com. At AgainstTheNumber.com, you'll get specialists with decades of experience betting multiple sports at a high level and many sports-specific packages from the NFL to college basketball to cricket to soccer to the European tour that gives you a consistent edge on the sports book. For a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the books at their own game. Visit againstthenumber.com. That's againstthenumber.com.
6: Titillating sports.
3: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's 12 after 11. We check in with one of the prognosticators at AgainstTheNumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey. And all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one-year specialist-specific packages. Their prices are reasonable. Their tracking and distribution process is simple. And the results are real. Let's go to our main man when it comes to the ponies, Carmine Marino. And uh, Carmine, people are already wearing the shirts that say 80 to 1. What the hell happened at Churchill Downs?
21: Well, it's, I guess you could say they struck it rich. I mean, rich strike. If you watch the replay of the race, it was an—it's amazing how great the horse ran. But the whole story behind this horse—I mean, you claim the horse for thirty thousand dollars in September. Somebody knew something that it was a Calumet horse. He won that race by seventeen lengths. He goes into—he gets scratched into this race, and he was at one point twentieth in the race. And the way he closed in the stretch. Even the announcer didn't, didn't catch it at first. If you catch the stretch run, um, he wasn't even, Rich Strike wasn't even, he didn't catch the horse. And also he goes, here comes Rich Strike, and then boom. I mean, it was unbelievable.
3: And then now at the Preakness, Rich Strike again?
21: No. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, uh, Epicenter is definitely going to run in the race. If Jack Christopher runs in the Preakness, if is a big word, that's the brown horse that I will bet a lot of money on. That's sixteen to one. Uh, I I'd go five hundred and five hundred. I swear to God.
3: What happened to charge it? Because I know you were like foaming at the mouth. You know what? Yeah,
21: it, I was foaming at the mouth. I got to tell you something right now. If you watch this race, none of the closers closed, but Rich Strike. That's 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 the part that's amazing. You got to give you know Zandin and you got to give um, Epicenter all the credit in the world. They ran well. Um, I I hit the super effective race before, so I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. At going go into this race. Uh I I got clobbered on this race. But I I don't know anybody that won, let's put it that way.
3: Yeah. No, it's not like yeah. I'm mean, I'm just I'm teasing you, but yeah, everybody got clobbered oh, no. when an eighty to one wins.
21: Well, how about Tabah? I mean, here's a horse that, that was the second choice, and he and, and she ran in reverse. No <laughs> excuse. I mean, this race set up well for these horses, I, 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 except the 21. And I don't know if you watched the end <laughs> of the race. That horse, his strides were totally in full. This horse might be great for the Belmont.
3: That's the thing. Like, when I would go to the track all the time, I always figured, because I would put, like, 5 bucks on the 60 to 80 to 1, and there'd be, if I would stay all day, which is a long time, but there would always be a race where that horse was win. And I used to call it the fixed race. You know, it was like that's the one where they they know. There that, would even be one of those things where it was a 1A and a 1B. You could get two horses. They're both favorites of the price of one. And that's over there at, uh, at Golden Gate Fields. And by the way, Black Adder, which won the El Camino uh, Real Derby out here, um, apparently his new trainer, Chris Christophe Clement says that he's not being considered for the Preakness, but just on that, do you kind of feel that there's always a race that's not a fix, but maybe you kind of feel like we were duped?
21: Um, I wouldn't say we're, I, I think duped's a good word, but, I, um, I won't agree with that. I just think there's always that race where the impossible happens, like mind that bird. There was a horse that ran at the Meadowlands many years ago by the name of Land Grant. Won a two million dollar race at the time was the biggest race in racing history, and never won another race to my knowledge. So I mean, you know, horses horses get lucky. I mean, things work out. This the stars align. Think about the ownership. They bought the horse in September for thirty grand. He backdoor he backdoors to get into this race, and he wins the race, and they get one point eight million dollars. So instead of calling the horse Rich Strike, they should call him Strike Rich.
3: <laughs> or Rich Tittle. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> well,
21: I mean, you saw the race. What did you think?
3: Well, it's it, it, to me, uh, all the horse races I've ever been to have never had 20 horses. It, to me, it just looks like an absolute riot uh, every time. And, and I don't have the eye that you have, but, you know, you're right. I mean, it just came out in the end. The thing about Taiba... And Messier, who, the 12th and 15th respectively, the trainer, Tim Yachtin, said, yeah, we're going back to California and we're going to regroup and come up with a plan. Well, what does that mean? Don't you try to get into the Preakness? They're just kind of, are they giving up and, and waiting for the Belmont?
21: Neither one of them will be in the Belmont. Hmm. You know, the only excuse you can get tybo is that horse was very green, two races under his belt going into this race. Messier has one more seasoning. But I don't think Messier is the horse that people think he is. Um, But when you look at the rest of the field, like Simplification ran pretty good, ran fourth. Um, You know, you you look at the way the race lined up, turning for home. I mean, you had the fastest quarter in Derby history, right? And turning for home, you would think this is going to be a closer's race. Very similar to Mind That Bird. The only difference is he didn't bounce off the rail. He just came up on the inside. And you know, Sonny Leone. I, to be honest with you, you're going to laugh, but I don't play turf paradise. But when I look at when I look at that race, I'm like, how could you possibly? There's no way I could bet the horse. There's there's just no way I could have bet the horse. I mean, I, I I tried to handicap, but after the fact, I had a, I scratched the horse out. I just line right through him. There's there, he's one of those horses that I never thought had a shot at a out of the twenty. I mean, Zozo the nineteen got out really well, and. You know, it turning for home, if he had if he had the, the ability to stay, that would make sense. But to close the way that twenty did against epicenter and Zandon and both epicenter and Zandon, when they turned for home, they looked like a clear cut exacta. Boom. That's all you can say is boom. That's D- why you that's why you got a next mix race. Thank God there's an the X race.
3: Right. Dwayne Lucas said that he hasn't made a decision. Uh, for the Preakness on Secret Oath or Ethereal Road, who I, I guess if didn't scratch, Rich Strike wouldn't even been running, right?
21: Right. Remember, we talked about Ethereal Road. You and I said there's no shot. Um, it's my understanding that it looks like she's going to, the, the Philly's going to run, the Secret Oath's going to run against the boys, which I think is a mistake. Why? Uh, you know what? She should stay right where she's at for a little bit longer get a little bit better maybe look at, look at doing something maybe during the summer I don't think she can beat the boys she, she couldn't do it in Arkansas in the Arkansas Derby I don't think she's gonna win the preakness and at, at the epicenter you know what four starts two seconds two two first hasn't run a bad race you know, you know I, I don't know if I would I would do at the secret oath it's a great horse uh, eat up all the money you can on the, on the purse side through the for the mayors the Phillies purse races are good There's supposed to be million dollar races out there. I would go for that instead i I don't know if I would run the horse in the Preakness and run the wear, wear the horse down i i I mean he might have been that might have been the problem with winning colors they 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 overran the horse early and that's why towards the end of this her career she wasn't as strong I, you know I, that's my opinion I, 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 I you know I don't see it but secret oath by the way when the Oaks what a monster race that was that horse stood out like a sore thumb the way she turned for home so I, I, again I, this was a weird weekend. Thank God for Sundays, I like to tell you. I got out on Sunday.
3: Well, last question for you. Skippy Longstocking, scheduled to be at Gulfstream Park before shipping off to uh, Pimlico, the son of Exaggerator, the 2016 Preakness winner. Any recon on Skippy Longstocking?
21: No, but I will tell you that 20-to-1 um, warning line, the horse that you want to consider, keep your eye out. Creative Minister looks good, and I, 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 Jack Christopher is right. And you can get six, and that horse runs, and you get sixteen to one. Bet it with both hands. That's the best brown horse he had. Way better, and Zandon doesn't compare. This horse doesn't go, go doesn't get injured in the, in the fall. This horse would have won the Breeders' Cup. This horse would have been a Derby favorite, and he came out and ran in the Pat Day on Saturday like a champion. That he is.
3: There he is, Carmine Marino, a champion himself. Check him out at com. Thanks for coming on, Carmine. Appreciate it. Take care. My pleasure. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline.
4: With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo products by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water.
1: 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. 1789. it doesn't really matter i uh i don't like my job and uh i don't think i'm gonna go anymore
10: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show comedian and filmmaker Emery Emery. He's here to talk about a documentary that reveals the truth about those TV documentaries. It's called Science Friction which is now on uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, Tubi as well. And it says, finally, a documentary about scientists who get misrepresented by the media. Emery, welcome to the uh, show. You're not calling me from Emeryville, California, are you?
20: I am not calling you from Emeryville. I'm calling you from Studio City. All right. I work near the studios.
3: Well, it's aptly named as well. Uh, what was the... Uh, the beginnings of this project how did it all come together
20: you know um our producer brian dunning he wanted to tell this story and he came to me and said can we can we just start shooting interviews with scientists because i know a lot of scientists who will be happy to tell the story of how awfully they've been misedited, dishonestly edited in all of these various shows that they go on and and, and are asked to appear on. And uh I said, You're darn right I wanna do this. We just dove in, man. We just he's he runs uh, a, a non profit uh that is designed specifically to spread reality, the truth, skeptoid media. Um, Brian Dunning has been around for a thousand years doing this work and uh this was his next project and he I was very fortunate for him to ask me to come on and direct the shoots and direct the edit to get this film made. So There we are. Uh, I was happy to be part of this. I hate how dishonest uh, major major uh, networks are um, uh, in the editing room and uh, in general with the uh, with the crap that they make and they push out and peddle on on the public. You know, it, it it should be no surprise that we have the small contingent of Americans who are arguing over science that was settled hundreds of years ago and there are flat earthers i mean you know when, when you're told that mermaids are real and, and the volcano could erupt in the next year or two when or me- megalodon is swimming around in the ocean and ancient aliens came here and all of this so when you're telling people that every day it's not a big leap to go hey i think the earth might be flat too you're dumbing down america and it needs to stop that's why we made the film
3: Are you telling me my Chick-fil-A wasn't built by aliens?
20: I'm sorry. I I want to help you feel good about eating Chick-fil-A, but I just
3: can't. Now, listen, the the editing room leaves a lot of people taken out of context. And, you know, even me doing this show or TV over the last 30 years, like, I can have things taken out of context. It happens to all of us. What is it about the scientists that really got into your craw and irks you the most?
20: Well, I mean, when you're talking to people who have spent their lives understanding reality, and then you ask them to come tell the people what they understand, but you get between that process, and you make it dishonest, inaccurate, and fundamentally flawed, that makes you bad. You're not a good person. That's an evil act. You've got the information available to you to to give to the people and you decide to just lie and get these people to appear like they're saying things they didn't say. That's not right. That's not acceptable.
3: Could you give that's, us a can evil. you give us could you give us a glaring example of such a thing?
20: Well the best is in the movie you can watch a guy named Ken Fetter talk about speaking with one of the producers Uh, Of a production that was asking him to come on and talk about Atlantis and Atlantis is one of his areas of absolute expertise which is why they reached out to him then they started asking him to make statements that completely defied the reality of what we know about the legend of Atlantis, they were literally asking him, "Will you lie?" And when he said, "I can't do that," I, I appreciate that you're trying to do a thing. I, I, you just have a job to do, but I can't do that. That's not that's that that would be fundamentally wrong. And they, they, the producer literally said to him, "Tell you what, listen. If you'll just say these things we're asking you to say, we'll give you cover. We'll make it. We'll make it clear that we." Um, uh, uh, that we are telling our story and, and, and that and you're not telling this. And he tried to give him some explanation for how he was going to give him cover. And Ken Feder is, the, I think, the only guy in our, in our entire film who finally just said, no, no, go to hell. I'm not playing this game with you. Um, that, that's that's one, of the, one of my favorite stories because it has a happy ending. Ken Fetter didn't put his knowledge and his expertise out there to be misused in this way. He recognized what they were doing, called it out and pulled the plug and walked away. There's another story in our film where you get to see what the, the, the the horrific producers uh, that interviewed Richard Dawkins and were talking to him about the possibility of God existing and trying to manipulate the conversation uh, in a way to get him to say something that he doesn't think or believe as well, um, and they 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 actually were able to pull this off, and they did it by bringing in Ben Stein uh, from win Ben Stein's money. That guy was was actually interviewing with him, um, which you know it, it gave it gave um, Richard Dawkins. It gave Professor Dawkins a, a sense of of trustworthiness. This guy is, you know, he's putting his name on the line. He didn't think it was going to be this horribly skewed and biased set of lies about whether God exists or or a creator uh, uh, exists, intelligent design. That's what the whole film was about. And 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 they, they they he tried to trick him as well. In fact, he successfully tricked him. So there's two really amazing examples. One we win and the other one
3: we don't. Well, and you think too nowadays with, you know, in a pandemic, we lean on the scientists and then, you know, you think, well, let's do what Dr. Fauci says. And then people say, no, he has a editorial motive. And the president of the United States says, well, what if we just inject bleach? I mean, what, what about the misrepresentation of science and who do we believe and who do we not believe?
20: Yeah, well, um, uh, I, when you're in the skeptic community, and I'm not talking about this community that calls themselves skeptics because they think uh, that they, because they claim to be questioning everything. The skeptic community is a community of people who rely on science and evidence uh, to, 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 to come to terms with what is or isn't uh, true or accurate when claims are being made. If you, if you, if you, if you put yourself inside that community, you can learn how to figure out who's telling the truth and who's lying. By and large, though, I can tell you this. The scientists are not liars. By and large, the politicians are liars. And you should question everything, the, every assertion made by a politician. And all you need to do to confirm the claims of a, um, Uh, of a person like Fauci is to look at what the other experts in the medical field or in his field are saying about what he says. And that's that's, that's the easiest way to discern what's accurate and what isn't. Look to the experts. When the politicians are telling you that the experts aren't to be trusted, then we're living in 1984 and you're falling for the lies from the politicians. That's what that's about. It's really that simple.
3: There he is, Emery Emery and uh, his new film, Science Friction, a documentary that reveals the truth about those TV documentaries. Finally, a documentary about scientists who get misrepresented by the media. You can check it out on Tubi and Amazon Prime Video as well. Emery, thanks for coming on. Congratulations on the doc.
20: Thank you very much. If you want to learn about the lies about the liars go watch science
3: fiction. All right. uh, We will do that. And, um, you know, that's the thing too, is that, uh, people like me who didn't go to medical school, you know, what do we have? You know, we just have to rely on scientists. Right. Um, and hopefully you don't find out later (laughs) that the scientists lied because they were backed by big pharma or anything else. I mean, it's just, there's always a controversy one way or another, but an interesting uh, documentary. And as I said, it's already right there on uh, Tubi and uh, Amazon if you want to check it out. Science Friction. All right, when we come back, we will have um, Carlos Mencia. We've got our guest jumping around, but we're getting him in. And he's next on Sports Byline.
4: Straight Talk Wireless now has the new iPhone 13 with cinematic mode, which lets you focus on what matters. And with Straight Talk, you can focus on getting the best deal. Our Silver Unlimited plan is just $45 a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. And it runs on the largest, most dependable networks. Now with Nationwide 5G. With the iPhone 13 on Straight Talk, you can share whatever you want, wherever you want. Straight Talk Wireless. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions
5: at straighttalk.com. Jamie's log, Progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun.
13: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto.
5: We offer round-the-clock
13: protection. Just not
12: literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: 800 that's eight hundred seven five four forty five thirty one.
10: his servants
3: i'm hella nice to my servants actually i don't have any welcome back to the show rick tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on american forces radio network it's great to welcome back to the show once again stand-up comedian carlos mencia and he's here to talk about his uh, dates coming up at the san jose improv and uh, that's going to be a week from today wednesday the 18th at eight and thursday the 19th at eight and uh, Carlos, welcome back. You're going to be doing a live taping, is that right?
18: Yeah, yeah. I'm recording my uh, second special there. So I did one, I think, in '96, and uh, this will be my uh, my my second one recorded at that uh, in San Jose in the Bay. Area. So yeah, I'm really excited, man. Really, 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 really excited.
3: Now, is it the kind of thing? Because I know that you guys have to do this. Do you have to wear the same outfit both nights for like continuity edits?
18: You know what, I'm doing two of them, and so if we have everything on the first night that we need, I'll probably just shoot the second one the next day, but if we do, then you're right, I'm going to have to uh, wear the exact same thing twice for continuity.
3: Now, are you buying two of the same things in case you sweat through the first one?
18: (laughs) You know what, dude, my wife, so my wife was my stylist, Uh, because it gets everything perfect out of the way anyway. Mm-hmm. she's already my wife so she can already buy me stuff so it'll work uh, she's very thorough so she gets three of everything so I'll have three pairs of jeans or whatever <laughs> pants I'm wearing uh, only one pair of shoes that's the only thing and uh, yeah that's the only thing I don't get like an athlete I don't get shoes all the time but uh, yeah the tops and the bottoms definitely definitely
3: You know what and she'll
18: make, me, she'll make me wear something embarrassing that I don't want to wear but in the end you know, after all the fighting, I'll have to acquiesce that it looks good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm always going to be fighting on the sidelines. <laughs> no, that's not the play that's going to work. You know, and then when it works, I'm like, all right, coach, you had a rest in the first place.
3: <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I think about when you got your start at the store and like late '80s. What what was Mitzi like back then in those days?
18: Dude, she was. So so in tune with what she was looking for, and what she was looking for, bro, was anything anything different, out of the ordinary, anything that wasn't. I don't know if you remember uh, at, at around that time, A and E had a show called A and E's Evening at the Improv. Sure, that they recorded here down, um, downtown, and that that show was the epitome of what Mitzi just. Did not like about comedy. It was, you know, clean, middle of the road, not offensive. Screened by, you know, networks. Make sure that no profanity was in it. She just, I mean, she. That was like what she hated. But she knew anything else. So there was a time when there was a, a robot, uh, a guy that went up on stage and pretended to be a robot for literally fifteen minutes and never broke character. <laughs> and if you like them, you like them. But she would you know, she would see stuff like that. Like me for example. <clears throat> I remember everybody told me, When you call in, you call in, you talk, you know, uh Mickey loves, loves, loves people that are weird or crazy. And so I remember putting down that I was born in Honduras and literally after i put my name on the list they called me back like not even that long ago by the time i got home there was a message so i called back they're like what's up i said yeah, are you really from Honduras where's Honduras oh my god and so she just got excited that she could have somebody that was latino you know from 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 a different country other than mexico and on that night i gave a performance and did a, a bunch of jokes about honduras about bananas and coffee. I don't even remember the set that much, <laughs> but I never did those jokes again. I only did them for her. I got off stage and she was like, you're very interesting, but you can't be an angry Mexican named Ned because my birth name is Ned Arnell Mencia. And I said, what? And she said, you can't be an angry Mexican named Ned. And I said, yeah, I was born in Honduras. And she paused and said, yeah, well, you're an American now, so you can't be an angry Mexican named Ned. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't understand what she meant at the time, but what she was trying to say was people are going to think that you're Mexican no matter what you say, right? And your name Ned is is confusing to that. And so I remember I'd seen some TV show called uh, with Jack Palance called Ripley's Believe It or Not, and how Greta Garbo and all these people, none of their names, Linda Carter, you know, all these people's names are not their real names. And so I was like, oh. So I want to change my name. Sure. I'll change my name to Carlos to sound as ethnic as I feel or I sound on stage. Mm-hmm. And its it wasn't until years later, bro, that I didn't realize. I'm like the only Latino actor that I know of that had a perfect kind of name, American-y name, Ned Mencia. I, I was already like Anglicized. And I went backwards and made it more ethnic. <laughs> so I went the opposite route of all the people... <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea at the time, bro. I had no idea that I was going backwards. I just thought, yeah, she's going to my name, whatever. But no, she knew what she wanted. And, you know, it's, it's what created, I didn't know this at the time, but it's what created a lot of the dissension between me and other comedians that, you know, I got spots every day. And even if I didn't have a spot, I worked at the comedy store, you know, during the day with Mitzi running around. I was gopher. And at night I worked the door. And so, you know, I got to go on stage every single night pretty much. If any it was late, I would go on, or she would give me spots because, you know, I, I was kind of her project. But I didn't realize that at the time. At the time, I was just, you know, in a cloud nine of, you know, goofiness. You know, I was that, that goofy rookie that's like, I'll go get your coffee. Go, there's no problem. You know, I had no idea mm-hmm. what was going on at the time. But she was really great with comedy and really, really amazing to me.
3: Yeah, gone were the days where like Ricardo Valenzuela had to be Richie Valens, right? It's like you can't
18: exactly, <laughs> dude. I, yeah, I but I went the back route. You know, that's the weird part. I instead of you know sticking with the with the name that I had, which was Ned, which was cool. But I did, I did understand what she was saying because even at the time, I mean, I can go back now and watch my first HBO special, and I don't cringe because. I get how, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I was a rookie. I see it. I see, the, I see like, all the cracks in my, in, in my stand-up. I see it all. But the one thing that I can't control that I freak out about is how East L.A. Mexican I sound, uh, how there's certain jokes where now I tell them or I say certain things and I don't sound anywhere near the way I sounded. Then. So I look back and go, that guy had to be Carlos. Because I talk like this and my jokes were like this, and you don't mean that. And, and now <laughs> I just don't sound like that. But then, oh my God, I sounded so much like that. It's funny how, you know, you change throughout the years. You know, Madonna became British, and I became more American. <laughs> it's just, wow. it's weird what affects you during these during these times of growth. And so I think that you know, me performing in... Birmingham, Alabama every year or going to, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin every year or, or Wat- Rothschild, Wisconsin or Spokane, Washington or, or Vermont or Miami. You know, once I get to because I'm one of those guys that I talk to the way people talk to me and so when I come back from performing for a week in Burn, you know, in Hoover, Alabama, I have a little bit of a twang in my accent <laughs> just because I want them to feel good and I want you know, I want them to feel like, hey, I don't do it on purpose. It's not something I do on purpose, it's just mm-hmm. something that happens. And so I think that the cadence in my voice has become way more comedically melodic than anything else. And and it it it's something that I don't hold on for a second, hold on for a second. I'm right here, I'm right here, right here, I'm right here, I'm right here, Bubby. I'm right here. I mean, I'm sorry. Come on, let's watch some TV. Sorry about that. That's all right. My son woke up a little scared, bro. Realities of life. This is
3: what happens. <laughs>
18: this well, is what happens.
3: <laughs> well, We're I'll, I'll let you go in a second, but I just want to say, uh, evening at the improv, with Bud, that Bud Friedman show, I watched that in high school, and it would be like Kip Adada and Franklin Ajayi, you know, Rich Scheider, Charles Fleischer. That was like, those, that was like the OG show.
18: They were, you're right, but those were the guys that taught us, right? Mm-hmm. And the difference, is, the difference is is, that those guys, when they taught us, they taught us, like, for, for example, our thing was be clean and have a six-minute set ready. You have to have a six-minute set ready because we were beholden to somebody from Evening the Improv or somebody from The Tonight Show or The Late Show or whatever to see you perform and see you really funny, and then you ended up on the Tonight Show. And it, and if Johnny called you over, that was it. It was done. Mm-hmm. You know, today these kids have, have something that we never had, the Internet. I mean, there are so many comedians now that, you know, just became something by putting stuff on the Internet and having people kind of pick up on it. <laughs> also, today, <clears throat> openers don't abide by, don't use profanity or sex jokes or any stuff like that. Now it's kind of like a no-holds bar, open for everything. Openers go up on stage and talk about the raunchy stuff, and it just doesn't matter anymore. So the, the, the rules change. But back in those days, those guys had to be clean. They had to be formatted. And so that's what Mitzi hated, you know, especially like a guy like Kip Adada. I remember what what joke did he tell that he wanted to tell Oh. I remember him telling me, this is one of the jokes that he wanted to tell. I think on the Tonight Show, one of them on the table did let him. It was basically about how jokes don't hurt anybody, how he and his friend the other day went to a, a farm where they had a bunch of, a petting zoo, where they had a deer. And him and his friend took a lot of salt and they had a great time. Anyway, it was it was one of those jokes that Mitzi loved, but he could never do on TV. And going back to Mitzi, that's why she didn't like those types of shows. She wanted HBO. She wanted Showtime. wanted you to be able to be crazy and profane. I think that one of the great stories about Mitzi is that they told her uh, that there was this guy that was really funny, and he did voices. It was Sam Kiffin. And when she saw him, her idea for him was... To have a ventriloqu to do a ventriloquist act, <laughs> where instead of him screaming, it's the doll screaming. So she wanted to suppose him talking and then the screaming. So like that's kind of how she processed, you know, uh, uh, comedy. She she wanted she wanted edgy, really crazy comedy. And and I'm gonna tell you something I, I've never told anybody before. But when I think of Nifty, I think uh, the last time she saw me perform. She was pretty bad. She was pretty shaky, but her brain was still there. And I went on stage, and I just talked about my family and stuff that I was feeling. I mean, it was really personal stuff. And she she looked at me, and she said, I've never seen anybody bleed on stage the way you do. Nobody. You're talking about trends. Gender stuff and that's crazy not even prior would talk about that kind of stuff you bleed on stage That's amazing Mm. and it wasn't until later that I kind of realized exactly what she meant, but Man, that's what she wanted for me, you know for me to reach my potential to touch my soul to really You know put out their stuff. It's just Very very personal to me and uh, yeah, Mm. she guided me to that process. It was awesome.
3: Wow. Great stuff from Carlos Mencia. Make sure to check him out. A week from today, the 18th, and of course Thursday, the 19th. Both at 8, both at 8 p.m. at the San Jose Improv. You can get tickets at improv.com and of course carlosmencia.com as well. Carlos, thanks for coming on, man. Good stuff.
18: No, thank you. And if for ever anybody coming, remember it is recording. We're recording for a special. So. Uh, you will be on camera at some point, so show up with uh, somebody that you can not be seen on camera with. FYI. <laughs> All
3: right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. Come Thanks on so back much. on Sports who's watching? Tell me? Who's watching? Who's
8: watching me?
15: taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is.
1: Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. That's 800-209-6124. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity.
8: Uh,
19: you know, people are always asking me, Tiger, uh, how do you do it? And my answer is, shut up. Uh, I ask the questions around here.
4: I'm Tiger Woods.
10: tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning
3: all right thank you for that and uh can the lawyers close it out tonight in memphis mike brown by the way 12 and 0 when filling in for steve kerr in the playoffs so and there's no john morant but uh, that's going to be a hostile environment to say the least this just hope. Uh, for Warrior fans like myself that they don't get out to an ice cold start. The Warriors did not turn it on until the fourth quarter uh, on Monday night. But, um, yeah, you'd rather have it not go to 6 or 7. You really don't want to go back there again. So hopefully they can uh, close it out. We'll talk about it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. We will see you then.